Hello, everyone. This is Debbie Happy Cohen. And the podcast you're listening to is the Sassy Southern Yankee. You can find me at joybaseliving.com. And I'm joined here with my friend, very dear friend, Michelle Stone. And we're offering podcasts uh, during this time when we're all kind of hunkered down in social distancing and creating more closeness, connection, and intimacy online for parents and families to be able to uh, come together with less trauma and more ease and more joy. And some of our podcasts are a little bit more serious. Some of them are more funny. Um, We're trying to go a little bit deep so that you can have more options while you're in the middle of um, feeling uncertain. Um, If you want to find any of our blog posts or podcasts, just go to joybaseliving.com. And I I posted in the menu the word lioness. So anything that has lioness that's categorized as lioness is me and Michelle together combined, which means it's clean language. And it means it's addressing primarily parents, kids, families. Um, Michelle, thank you so much for being here with me. I'm really enjoying this so much. It's really been so much fun to, you're, you're welcome, absolutely. And, and it's been so much fun to be here with you too and to have these conversations and to share them with, with the people that are out there who are meant to listen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's very enriching. It, I, it's, it's already, this is what, day five? Day five? I don't know. know. Whatever day it is, it's already changed my life. Mine too. And I am so appreciative of you, Debbie. I just, oh, (laughs) it's it's like me too. It's like all of our all of our muscle building over the last three years is paying off because we're positioned now to really contribute from a deep place of strength when when the world needs us most. Absolutely. And, yes. and so that's, that's exciting. So we want to thank a couple of our listeners. Um, yesterday's post was about, it was called fudgy words, which is like options for swear words. So it was kind of a really <laughs> fun, like it was a fun podcast. Um, and a couple of our readers or listeners uh, offered up their, because uh, we asked for suggestions, like, what do you have in your storehouse? And uh, somebody from um, the Joy Base Living group at Facebook said, um, oh, spit. Her name is Annalise. She said, oh, spit. She said, I laughed the first time I heard this from a lovely elderly lady. She was a little spitfire of a woman, maybe four foot five tall, a little scrappy woman. Oh, spit. That was so cute. And what was the one you got, Michelle? From one of my artists who currently has an exhibit up. Her name is um, Bibsy Priori. And she said, my mom would say, sugar, honey, iced tea. Sugar, honey, say, iced I'll, I'll, tea. I'll say that slower. Sugar, honey, iced tea. Uh-huh. Um, when we were little. Mm-hmm. And then it reverted back to, and then if you spell out the, 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 sugar, like, the acronym. The, 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 yeah, well, yes, the acronym. Then <laughs> that, that. 
yeah, that's what they <laughs> used to use as they went over. And so I didn't get it until I was on my way home today. And I was like, wait, because I'm reading it. Sugar, honey, iced tea. Uh-huh. And then I went, wait, sugar, honey, iced tea. You know, like, like if you say it like that, it's got like some oomph to it. I thought, oh, okay. Thank you very much, Busy. <laughs> sugar, honey, iced tea. <laughs> oh, spit. Yeah, that was yep. really cute. That was really cute. So we're really grateful to you all for contributing. Um, and we're trying to get more community involvement at the Joy Based Living blog so that there could be more of a central place. Because we had to go like searching for like, where did they write it? Where did they write it? <laughs> um, so yeah, if you go to joybasedliving.com and then look for the blog post that says fudgy words, um, type in any of your things there. That would be great. So speaking of gratitude, we had said a couple of days ago that we were going to talk about gratitude and grief. Well, here's the thing. I don't know how to talk about grief without bringing into it the topics of trauma and of spirituality. So... And I think gratitude is going to be a a wonderful um, weaving into the conversation. But I think if we start with the idea of grief, I think the most amount of people will be able to relate. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so, because I know that I'm going to, you're going to really have the ball, Michelle, when we talk about gratitude, because you have the gratitude color wheel, which we both did, which I'll post at the blog post um, that we do. So, I'd like to start with with the prayer, and I want to be really clear that um, my form of prayer is very inclusive, that to me, prayer is about tuning into the heart, envisioning what it is that you're experiencing and what it is you would like to experience, and that there's power in love. And... I, I've, I've worked with atheists in my past, it, you know, in, in my work. And I welcome everybody who welcomes greater feelings of love, peace, mutual respect. And so I invite you to join me, no matter what your religious or non-religious affiliation is, in tuning into love in your heart and noticing that no matter what's going on in the world and that no matter what you might be feeling, that the well of love inside of you is very, very, very deep. And that whenever we bring the energy of love into any situation or any experience, we bring with it a larger energy field. We bring comfort. We bring greater connection. We bring greater intuition. We bring greater knowing because love is what connects us all. But we're not connected all by our hands. In social distancing, we're certainly not connected by our hands, but why are we here on this call? 
because we're connecting and the way that we like to connect at joy-based living is to the best of our ability from our hearts and so tuning into that love inside of you accessing it and saying you know what the love in me is important the love in me is my source of stability and health and well-being and contribution the love in me is my source of being able to know what to do next and what steps to take next and what prayers to put out the love in me is my source of being able to sleep a little better at night the love in me is is my source of well-being and and my prayer is that each one of us is accessing the love within us a little bit deeper a little bit stronger a little bit more consistently that we're more plugged in every day and that we use this time as an opportunity to say you know I have a little bit more time in my day right now to plug in to plug into what to plug into the love to plug into the greater field of love that's in me around me and all throughout the universe and my prayer is that from that place of feeling tuned in we also get tuned into what to say what to do what to ask for what feelings to generate who to contact anything that might, might that we might be wondering about that we have greater access to the answers within ourselves and to me that's very calming to me there's a lot of security in that but i also know that where you are right now you you might be feeling fed by what i'm offering up right now maybe you have a hard time getting there by yourself and that's why i'm offering this up out loud for you for all of us and maybe you're already feeling a sense of stability and so then you can join with my stability and we can add to more we can tune into the stability within within the world with the people who are feeling stable who are tuned into the love when michelle said yesterday that she had experienced less anxiety and that we discovered that a big part of that was that from doing these podcasts she and we she's contributing from a deeper place in her soul that's the place of contribution that we want you to be able to access and it doesn't have to look like a podcast but it, it can look like whatever it is to you i want you to feel less anxious i want you to feel more certain and more ease and so that is that is my prayer and so it is and so it shall be and so it is and so it shall be yeah and so let's talk a little bit about about grief now and i like that we set that as a stage for being able to talk about grief because it cleans up the energy it like creates a little bit of a clear canvas to talk about something uncomfortable so mm -hmm. grief is is simply the feeling of loss and it can be loss of anything it can be you know a 10-year-old saying, I had this recital coming up, you know, in May, and now I'm not going to be able to do it. And I've been working so hard all year 
for that recital. Now, there's, you can have a lot of responses to that kid. You can be like, oh, shut up, you know, go back to your, you know, or <laughs> yeah. you can say, look, yeah, there's yeah. kids starving in Africa. Don't feel sorry for yourself, you know, or you can take the, the thing, that, th- those kinds of things are what exacerbates trauma and creates trauma. Mm-hmm. The, the thing that, the thing that is most healthy to do for each other and for ourselves is to say, well, what am I feeling right now? I'm feeling sad. Okay. Well, when we can have acceptance around sadness, what happens is the sadness, instead of becoming stuck in the body and then turning into either aggression or isolation or some, some other way to cope with the misdirection of feelings because they're not accepted, to be able to say, well, what are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling sad. You know what? Me too. I really wanted to see you in that recital. Or, you know, I don't blame you. I'm going to be missing out on some things too. Well, let's, maybe we have like a little, uh, uh, you know, a, a little ritual of, you know, condolences together. <laughs> <laughs> And then notice that what just happened right there, even right here, even in this made up story, um, you laughed, Michelle. And what was that? That was like a release of energy just happened. Mm -hmm. And and in that release of energy, just to make this really practical, because I am not into theoretical psychology. I'm into practical psychology and spirituality. What happens then is, you begin to become available for positive options. Yes. And the greatest mental health uh, sign is someone who can see options. But when you're feeling stuck in a feeling and that feeling is clogging up your energy system, you can't see options. And it's not your fault, but what we're showing you is here's the way out. Here's, here's how you melt it so that in this moment you can go, oh, okay, here's what we can do. So maybe we can do a recital at home. Maybe we could put a recital up at TikTok or at Instagram or, you know, and, and then, but, but if, if you, if like, if that kid were to come to you and go, I, you know, I'm really upset. I'm not going to be able to do the recital. And you just look at them and you go, well, you can always just put it at TikTok that's not going to do the trick. No, it's not going to do the trick either. You can't just, right. And what, say, say what you know about that. Say your experience about that, Michelle. So it's not going to, that wouldn't do the trick. Because it's, it lacks compassion and it lacks empathy. So, you know, it's, it's kind of coming at it more like of a directive and out of a a place of frustration um, just by the way that I heard it. And so uh, I'm, I'm thinking, I actually had this happen yesterday. I was talking to someone about how, um, and, you know, I wear a lot of hats. I'm the curator and I'm an artist and I do different things. And so one of the people I was talking to had mentioned how, I had said something, they said something, and then I responded like, oh, yeah, you know, I know that everything is starting to shut down and whatever. And then they responded again 
to kind of like one up. And so that doesn't get anyone anywhere either. It's, you know, it's like, what do you mean? What do you mean by one up? So, um, I said something like, you know, I I don't even remember how the conversation went because I kind of let it go afterward. But this particular person, because I was talking about today. Uh, No, I know what it is. It's my, um, some, I had to shift some stuff around from, you know, this upcoming Friday to next month and kind of do things like, and this particular person was like, oh, well, I've been actually working on this since last week. Mm -hmm. And to try and like one up me. And like that. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. And I let it go. Like, because to me, that's a waste of energy. I I don't need to go there. And so when you have a child who's coming to you as a parent, we don't need to one up them. We need to actually hear Mm -hmm. them. We need to spend that time with them. We need because here's the, here's the thing about children is as much as, and even teens, as much as, we think that they're, you know, they're mature. Oh, they're acting very mature. This, they're still children and their minds still work like children. So they need our empathy. They need our compassion. They don't need us to be like, oh, well, shut up, kid. Or, oh, well, don't worry about it. You have next year. Or, oh, well, whatever. They need to be acknowledged. They need to be the, heard. The, the, the feeling needs to be acknowledged. Yes. And the, and the person needs to feel heard. And, and I, I just want to kind of like, like you went, you went from like talking about an adult conversation and then you switched over to children. And so what I wanted to offer up is it's equally true with adults and with children that when you acknowledge a person's feeling, mm-hmm. you give them room to be where they are so then they can shift and grow. Valid. Because I think we need that as adults as well. I think, I think that we, we, we're so acclimated to giving that to each other. Right. That I don't want to overlook that it's taken us three years of practicing these ideas. Very deliberately. Very deliberately. So, in in a space where... And then, and, yeah. In, in a space where we can trust each other and we can share each other. And it's it's like a safe space. It's like joy-based living has a safe space. Yeah. And then sometimes when you step outside of it and you have conversations with other people, it's not as safe. Right. Because they're, they're, they might, they're not as tuned into their own bodies. Right. They're not as tuned into their own feeling states. They're not as tuned into their own emotional presence and well-being right and they most people don't have a commitment to their own happiness and to their own emotional well-being <laughs> that's so true right unfortunately right, right? And, <laughs> well but that's why we're here right right we're having this conversation and and you know one of my favorite affirmations recently that i that i did for one client that then i shared with another client i actually made a little tattoo symbol for her as well <laughs> um was uh and she loved it was so cool it was um my happiness matters to me and then she had a hard time even saying that because she's had tendencies toward codependency right and so I said you know how I do like I want you to say it out loud now say it (laughs) twice now say you know how I do that right because I just want to feel how it feels in your voice when it comes out and how true it feels for you 
So as soon as I felt like she was like adjusting to it, like my happiness matters to me, then I was like, okay, now I'm going to stretch you a little bit further. And she's like, oh no. I said, nah. <laughs> so then I said, now I want you to say more than anything else in the world. Ooh, what happened? Well, she, she got stumped and, yeah. I, and I was like, you know, but then I see, I like working with boss moms and with parents because you know what it's like to have something at stake that you really, really love. Yes. That's more important than your stuck thought. Yes. And so this person has a child who's young and I said, how would your child feel if they knew that you genuinely felt happy? Mm, good way. And she said, oh my God, see, I'm, a neg- I'm like a master negotiator for joy. Yes, you are. Like that is like, that is totally my thing because it, when her kid feels her feeling sad, how much pressure does that put on the kid mm-hmm. to try to make mommy feel happy? Right. That's huge pressure. Yes, that is. So now, now I'm going to repeat the statement again, but now think about it from that context, right? My happiness matters to me more than anything else in the world. Feel that. It's the opposite of running through a supermarket in a frenzy to, to push everybody out of the way to get your toilet paper. Right, right. Absolutely. It's I am tuned in to my happiness and my happiness is going to guide me to go to the right store where there's the most amount of peace and the most amount of toilet paper. <laughs> yes. you, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like when people talk about filling your cup, that's how you fill your cup. And I think it just makes me want to cry. Like this is such, this is a church conversation. This is a spiritual conversation. This is a personal internal religion. This is a yoga conversation. Mm -hmm. This is a Zen conversation. This is an atheist conversation. Gosh, I really feel strongly about that. (laughs) So I, I do, I, I do want to share something with the with the group. I, sometimes I don't know where to share this and where not to, but it's all over my my website. But like for those of you who are new to me, I'm Jewish. I was born in Brooklyn to a family of Iraqi Israeli Jews in Brooklyn, New York, and then we moved to Miami when I was three. And I loved Hebrew school. I didn't like regular school at all, but I loved Hebrew school. And then I actually got fired from a Hebrew school because I was only, because when I was in my twenties, I started questioning all religion and my principal realized that I was only teaching the kids the actual, how to read the prayers, but I wasn't teaching them the prayers. And she called me over to the side and she's like, what's going on? And I said, look, I'm questioning religion. And she said, well, come back when you're done. asking the kids but there are still some prayers from Judaism that like live inside of my soul that I was so glad that I had to memorize because to this day they bring me comfort they're very personal to me but as I started questioning religion I became more um 
immersed in what is it that unites all religions and that's oh yeah love. and and so so about i realized i've been i've been practicing and studying spirituality in 1995 in meditation i got a poem that came to me called if god is an ocean I oh yeah wait. and right and i'll post that on this post as well um and and um It, it just, it's, it's so close to my soul to be that person, but I, I haven't had clean outlets for it. You can't really be a coach in the corporate world and share prayers. You can't really be a coach in public schools okay. and share prayers. And so last year on St. Patty's Day, as kind of a joke, but kind of seriously, I became a reverend at the Universal Life Church where Conan O'Brien also became a reverend. So, and he's a comedian. And so it's kind of funny to me, but it also is very sincerely deep to me in my relationship with love, in my relationship with what I call God, but you might call something different or you might call nothing at all. And so this today is my one year anniversary of being a reverend <laughs> on St. Patty's it Day. so funny. <laughs> I know. It sounds so rich. Do you see why I had to do all that lead up? I'm like, these people are going to think I'm really nuts. And, and I hope that if you're still here, you haven't hung <laughs> up. Um, like, like, I hope that 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 gives you permission. I'm writing a book right now about how to embolden and shape your own spirituality because we live in a world that's so scientific and logic based that a lot of people have left the baby back with a dirty bathwater. You know, that story about the bathwater, how like in the olden days that when they would take a bath because people didn't take a lot of baths, like the dad would come home and he would be the first to dunk into the little, you know, metal tub and then the mom and then the kids and then the baby would get to take a bath in the dirty bath water. And so like, that's where that saying comes from of don't throw the baby out with the bath water, which is really disgusting when you think about it. (laughs) (laughs) And so I think that when it's come to religion and spirituality as a society, generally we, we have either become fundamentalist in our religion or we have left, we've left, our connection to spirit behind. And that's like having an iPhone and not having a plug for it. Right. It's just crazy. And so when I think about nature and the awe and the beauty and the mystery of standing under the stars, that to me is spirituality. When I hear a musician play really great music and I get goosebumps because I am so high that's spirituality. Mm -hmm. When I see somebody do an act of kindness for somebody and my heart opens, I could almost physically feel it opening. That's spirituality. And the thing about it is we need to use, we need to harness it. It's not just some passive thing. That's like having a box of crayons and markers and paints in your house and never using them. We have to harness that energy. Like we harness electricity. And when I activate that in myself, I know what to contribute. I know who to call. I know where to go. I know what to say. 
and so I, I, I feel like I've just taken up a whole bunch of time. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I'm that. Um, but I kind of just was really feeling no, it. It's, it's perfect. It's perfect. I, I took a deep sigh because I was in it with you as I'm over here drawing this beautiful pink and purple heart. Without, yeah. Mm. So, no, you're doing great. It's, it's I mean, it is. It, it really is truly love connects us all. Love if, if we were to all stand side by side and hold each other's hands and I know that's like a terrible thought right now but I'm gonna do it anyway because if, if, if we did that then and look at each other and just genuinely be there for each other it would be all in love and like you said regardless of the spirituality like I've had my I um I was raised Methodist and when I was in high school my um my my pastor's daughter, um, she graduated and they actually, cause I'm from upstate New York. I was born in the Finger Lakes region and, um, on, on a, on a little farm <laughs> with, with, okay. with dogs and cats and cows and horses and Aww. you name it, pigs. And, and I named every single one of them. <laughs> oh, of course he did. <laughs> yes, okay. everything had a name. Um, but, but yeah. So, but my pastor, his daughter, um, Lori, she graduated high school, and you know it's a little town, like fourteen streets in the whole town. There's only, you know, my graduating class was 112. So anyway. 14 streets and, and your grad you you mean your, your 12th grade graduating class was only 112 yes. students wow yeah little little and so when my pastor moved away to come down to Georgia for his daughter and you know so she went to seminary school and he became the pastor down here in Georgia um when I say here it's you know it's like the next state over um I lost hope. I I don't know what it was, but I just kind of, I was like, well, there you go. So what, what's next? Mm. And so I spent a whole lot of years searching and searching and searching. Um, and you know, I did all this research on all the, one thing I did do is I did when I lived, I, I lived in Ohio for about three years. And while I was there, I spent, a lot of time researching every religion I could find. And the one thing that I found is that they all have a prophet. They all have some kind of an oral story system and they all have a book. And so if you really think about, you know, the prophet, the book, what, what is it that truly connects them? Is it the story? Is it the person? Is it the hope of the person? Is it the love? But each one of those those prophets brought people together in love. Yeah. And so love is a real one of my favorite reggae. I, I, yeah, I was playing I, it yesterday. I came across it. You I, had sent it. Love is my religion. Yes, I yeah. love that song. It's so true. Yeah. And so, yeah. you know, it's, it's awesome. yeah, so I'm there with you. I was just sighing because I was like, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there is that relief. And when you have that relief, see, I, when, pe- when I see people who don't have a sense of spirituality, I usually see them either overthinking or overburdened. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And either way, there's a huge amount of stress. And so the kind of sigh that you gave is the purpose of why I think it's so important to talk about spirituality, especially in the light of talking about grief. Grief is heavy. And, And if we don't have something larger and lighter to tune into in a very practical way, that's that's a hard load. And I don't think that psychology cuts it. Psychology doesn't offer us enough um, morality conversation. Yeah. Psychology gets us to, you know, conform enough to society so that we're not a menace to society. But it doesn't ask us what's going to make you the happiest and how can I help you get there and what's your highest level of being and where's the love and the joy in your life. It doesn't lead us there. I have a master's degree in counseling and that's why I didn't become a counselor because I wanted higher level conversations than just mitigating the negative. And, you know, and, and school does the same thing. It has a cap. It doesn't invite you to your greatest joy. It invites you to fit into their system and to, but love and God are much bigger than all of that. True. You don't see it. I'm shaking my head. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, so when we talk, so, so, th- but, th- but this, this is such a big conversation because we were asked to talk about grief and what I do with the energy of grief is tune into the feeling of sadness, but then I also turn it over and say, love, please take right. over. There's a sense that, or, or even if I don't say love, please take over, I tune, there's a, a new, a new thing, relatively new called, you know, heart coherence. And when you tune into the field of the energy of the vibration of love, then sadness has a place to disperse. It's like if you have ink and it lands on on a white piece of cloth, it's going to make a mess. But if you take that same drop of ink and you put it into an ocean, it's like nothing ever happened. Valid. And that's what the field of love does to feelings of grief. But it has to be where you're psychologically present. You can't, there's a word called spiritual, uh, oh, spiritual bypassing. Oh, yes, love takes care of everything. No, 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 no. You have to feel the sadness in your body and let yourself acknowledge that it's there and comfort it the way that a mama bear would comfort their baby bear. And let the love in you be so big that the sadness has a place to melt into, like you are the ocean holding a space for that sadness. Yep. Staying and and maintaining that space, not just kind of, because you can't just like dip into that and dip back out. It's not like, you know, you're testing the water in the swimming pool. It's a process. Well, it's a process of learning. I think that as we learn, we dip in and out and then, but the goal is to become soaked in it. I agree with you, but, but I'm always careful about saying that because I never want people to feel discouraged by the process of learning. Mm. 
And you might have to dip in and out, or you might even go, you're so scared that you don't even dip in the toe because you're scared. But that's why we're here. That's why we're having this conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is that important. Absolutely. It is. It's huge. So talking about grief and uncertainty, I feel like sometimes I say things by implication and I don't, I'm not direct enough. Um, but I think that up until now in, in our, in this podcast, that when it comes to uncertainty, if you're tuned in to the field of love within you, you're going to have more certainty. Right even in the not knowing and school doesn't teach us this. You know, the thing I'm excited most about Corona (laughs) is that I think that what it is going to kill, which I'm excited about, I think it's going to kill our perfectionism. It's going to have to, because I got word uh, just what an hour and a half ago that the governor in Florida has decided that they're going to nix all tests because now the kids are not going back to school until April 15th, I think it is. Yeah, April 15th. And so there's no tests. And so, um, and, and I, I haven't read the whole thing, but, mm-hmm. but from what I heard is that, um, and that the parents are going to have to homeschool. Well, to me, this is exciting because this is the greatest hope for everything I've been wishing for, which is uh, art education, emotional literacy, because families are going to have to learn to get along and they're going to listen to podcasts like this one and go, oh, we can bring this into our education system at home now. Yes. And I think there's huge power in that, that every time you do learning around interpersonal relationships, intuition, connection, love, and you bring these practices home. In fact, you know what I'm going to do, Michelle, for the next few weeks? I'm going to make our 12 practices, which is normally $27 at Joy Base Living. I'm going to make the practices available for $1. Oh, yes. Because I think that if anybody wants them, they should have them. And you'll have all the 12 practices to be able to do at home because we're covering those practices here in these conversations. So do me a favor. I'm not sure that all the readers who are listening today know what the 12, 12 practices are. Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So imagine if you had like a home education for how to be with yourself and with others in a way that created the most connection and the most stable relationships within yourself and with the people around you, those 12 practices are like, they're kind of, they're, they're like the basis. Like if you had a basketball court, you wouldn't want your basketball court to have holes in it. (laughs) No, that's, that's a disaster. And so, so, so I've been looking for a good metaphor for the 12 practices because the 12 practices are kind of like, you know, they're kind of like barbells. Like they don't really do anything until you pick them up and you use them and you work right. out with them. And, and in a way, you know, in the Karate Kid it, movie where he's like, wax on and wax off and, you know, and all that. And, and then, then the Karate Kid is like, I'm tired of waxing on and waxing off. And then, and then Mr. Miyagi is like, 
well, okay, now fight. And now the kid can fight because he's been, he's been using right. the muscles yes. properly. So the 12 practices are a way of, of gaining inner strength and inner core stability at a deep emotional and psychological level more than you've ever had in your entire yes. life. And when you have that, everything else can mm-hmm. grow from that. And so the 12 practices are like that. When we say we've been practicing for three years as a group, we've been practicing the 12 practices. And we've been going deep collectively. And we've been going. And deep. that's why mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier mm-hmm. that our group is so sacred. And they're so like we trust. And, and there's some of us we've never even met like physically met, like I, I met Debbie I know, personally face to face, you know, over 20 years ago, but the rest of the group I've no. well, wait, did I, no, I've never met. Cause I was thinking about when I was in Alabama to go see you the other uh, two years ago. No, I've never met anyone else in the group. Yeah. And, but, yeah. but I, I'm telling you what, I know that like, if I step away for a couple of days and then I come back into the group, I know that they're there. I know that they're going to pick that conversation right back up where we left off. And that if I, if I'm having a, a rough time that they, you know, support me. And I mean, we've practiced and we like blood sisters. Well, I, yeah. I, but just so other people who are listening can oh, feel yes. included into yeah, yeah. this and not feel left out. Our agenda for each other yes. is each other's happiness. Like, and that is what's so unusual. And that's what anybody who's listening, you can bring that into any family in any relationship, including the relationship with yourself, that, that the question that we ask each other is what's going to make you the the happiest. And, oh, so then if you get stuck along the way, we go back to what is it, what is it that you want in your life? There's no agenda. There's no, I want you to climb this corporate ladder. I want you to get good grades, or I want you to do what I want you to do you're not living under somebody's agenda and nobody tells you what to think. The 12 practices teaches us how to think and how to relate with ourselves and each other so that we're in the greatest energy of strength inside of ourselves individually. So then we can be there for each other collectively. And this takes a huge amount of responsibility and accountability Mm -hmm. for each one of us. And, and a few, a few weeks ago, I was putting, I was asking some people, cause I went onto LinkedIn. I was asking people for, um, to write recommendations for me so I could have a, a strong profile at LinkedIn. And do you know what, right. like everybody said, like, they're like joy-based living, Debbie Happy Cohen, man, that's not for the, <laughs> so, and, and I, you know, and, and, and I love that. Like every single person said that, like, this is really good stuff but you have to be ready oh, yeah. and willing. Yeah. And, and, and I'm so proud of us because everything that we're describing, this is like, you know, when you see, when I see guys who, and I'm not a, I'm not a gym rat. I don't really go exercise and stuff like that the way like a lot of other people do. But when people are like at gold's gym, like it's, it's the black and yellow logo and you don't associate it with like frou aerobics classes. You associate it with like big muscles and like really serious workouts. And the 12 practices are a very serious workout for the emotional and yes. psychological stuff. And you know what? 
So, and, but I'm not trying to sell the 12 practices. I just want people to know that when you have a ground at a, of, of an agreement mm -hmm. for how you're going to be with each other, even when you're imperfect, you, you can, because we've all been very like imperfect. The, it's the imperfect. There's a difference between being imperfect because we're graciously imperfect or being imperfect and feeling uh, and being snide about it, you know? Well, it's being imperfect in the context of knowing that we're reaching yes. for something that we as a culture haven't practiced. And that, for example, how often do people shame themselves for their weight or for what they ate that day or for mm -hmm. how little sleep they got or for what they didn't do for their kids? And it's yes. like this shame bashing that's very contagious. And so I, that's why I said I'm hoping that what coronavirus yes. is, is perfectionism. Because if we can go, oh my gosh, I have to do something for my kids now. I have to contribute now into society in a way that I never did before. I mean, when we was first started working together online, we didn't even know how to use half of the software oh, no. we were using. And we had to get over our perfectionism very quickly. And I think that people also associate spirituality with perfectionism that you have to be perfect enough for some crazy perfect God out there. Well, I, I, it's, I hope that coronavirus kills that because it moves us to have to relate to each other and connect to each other in ways mm -hmm. that we're not familiar with in ways mm -hmm. that we're not comfortable with. I mean, I was looking at Trevor Noah's video today where he was like singing out loud in New York and somebody was like, <laughs> shut up. And so he like, you know, he looked really bashful and, you know, but, but one, it, it was funny, but um, I noticed that his hair started growing a little bit longer. So what's he going to do during uh... this time? Is he going to shy away because he can't get his right. hair cut for a few weeks? I don't think so. So we're going to have to face our own perfectionism in all the little things that we've been doing to be, to cover up who we really are. And, and I think the more we want to contribute positively, because when we contribute positively from our souls, we're less anxious. You can't have that and have perfectionism. No, no not time. at all. And so that excites me. That excites me because I think we will play together differently as a result of all this. Because we will have to do things that are uncomfortable and imperfect mm -hmm. in order to reach out and in order to have more stability at home and in order to communicate better and in order to have better teaching programs that aren't just right. math and science related, but emotions and spirituality and trauma. Like I've been wanting trauma education available for kids ever since oh, the absolutely. Yes. shooting. We've needed this. We've already been traumatized. And I love that Tim Ferriss, who wrote the four hour work week, and he's got a really popular podcast. He's talking very openly about trauma. So when do we get to have these conversations as a family? Everybody's been too busy. So thank you for Corona for getting us to be more in tune with ourselves, connected to ourselves, connected to our families. I'm not thankful for the negative sides of it, but I am thankful for the opportunities for us to have more authentic connections with ourselves and with each other. And my vision, my prayer is that we'll, we're going to oh, emerge yeah. like flowers more than we were before. Not wilty flowers. No, but I mean, but think about flowers. what is that quote? 
Something about like a seed, you know, you, I think, just forget the quote. Think about this. You plant a seed in the mm-hmm. dirt, right? And so that seed, mm-hmm. and then you pour mm-hmm. water on it. So now it's soaked in the dirt. There's no sunlight. And now it's drenched. If it were a right. person, it'd be twisted. It would be mad. It'd be like, man, I'm down here in this dirt. And now somebody just poured water on me. So I'm wet and I'm cold, you know? <laughs> but right. with that constant sunlight, right. that seed begins to sprout. It begins to, like, you know, come up out of its shell and go up through the dirt. And I, I actually, I made, um, I cut an avocado earlier today and I'm excited because it's a Haas avocado. It's the littler ones. And, and, and I love oh, to yeah, grow yeah. avocado seeds. You put the little three toothpicks and, and, and before you know it, yeah. and you know, the, it starts to sprout up out the top and then you get the little roots. Cause I like to put it in a clear glass. And every time I come home, it grows another inch and a half. I swear to you, these things grow like three feet tall in two weeks it's amazing but yeah but that's what we're doing you know that's that's the potentiality of what could possibly happen for this this the entire world is us for to to step up out of our victimhood and you know the 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 perfectionism and everything that goes along with it and and move forward and with more love well like 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 perfectionism you just gave me like this visual perfectionism is like trying to spray perfume <laughs> on that avocado seed yeah that's perfectionism right and so we're like wait a minute this is dirt this coronavirus oh, yeah. is manure all these feelings that are coming up all this grief and uncertainty and ick and blah 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 like when we get how icky it mm-hmm. is and we accept it then we can put the dirt in the proper place so that we can plant seeds in it rather than judging it for being bad. So let's loop it back to which conversation was it where we were talking about, um, what did you just say? We're talking about spirituality. We're talking about trauma. We're talking about grief and we're going to wrap around into gratitude. So I don't know. I don't know if any of the, the last sentence that you just said spawned something else. It gave me like a mind map. Bleep. Um, oh, I was saying that you know spraying perfume on the on the thing versus recognizing the dirt for what it is. And you know, children don't judge dirt. Children true. play in dirt. It's as adults that we judge. It's adults that become perfectionistic and then want to spray perfume. On, on yucky situations rather than going, oh, this is a great place to plant seeds. Like right now, gosh, this could be the best time in your life to study your intuition, to study how to improve your interpersonal communication skills. Like this could be a great time to improve your I self, which is how you, um, how you express yourself on the internet. Like, are you better at writing? Are you better at speaking? Are you better at acting? Like, how are you going to contribute into our world? So this, this next few weeks can really be a great place to focus in your study about any of those things. It it hit me as you were talking earlier in this podcast. And I think there was another podcast we were talking about accepting our emotions. As soon as we accept our emotions yes. and we just, we be with them and we receive them 
then we we're able we're able to move yeah. forward. As soon as that seed is able to accept the, accept this, the fact that it's in the dirt and it just got watered on it, now it's kind of wet and whatever, and then it can move on. Then it can grow. It can be like, well, wait, I feel the warmth. Where's that warmth coming from? Oh, is it above? Oh, let's go that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, how does the seed know which way to, like, let the roots go down and which way to grow up? Like, it's it's so intelligent. Let's wrap this back around to gratitude, Michelle, because we're going okay. to come to a close soon. Um, and, and I love where we are right now in the conversation. I'm, I'm very curious as to what people are hearing and learning and what they're getting out of it and what kind of questions they have. But I think where this conversation has led us really organically that I'm <laughs> excited about is because um, is, is, we weren't approaching gratitude from such a holistic right. place before. And, and I think that this is an invitation to say, well, be grateful for the dirt and be grateful for the sun and be grateful for the seeds. What you focus on grows. Be grateful for your ability to focus. Be grateful for, you know, I want to throw the ball to you, Michelle, and, but I'm, I'm afraid of like running out of time on right. what I know you wanted to do. Do you think that you can describe what you were wanting to describe like in five or six minutes or should we leave that? To How about I start and then if we need to cut it, then I'll, I'll get there. So um, the gratitude, I had touched on gratitude the other day in regards to the gratitude uh, emotional color wheel or the gratitude. You call you call you call the, it the gratitude color wheel. I, I yeah, the, the gratitude color easily. wheel. Yes. And so it's basically you draw out a circle, yes. whatever size circle you have on a piece of paper. Um, could be pencils, colored well, really colored pencils, markers, crayons, that type of thing. And then divide it into for simplistic sake, let's just divide it into six different pieces. Straight down the middle and then, you know, divide the other two sides into thirds. And go through your day. Typically, it, I like to do mine at the end of the day. Um, and so just go through your day and think about, all right, so what are six emotions that I had throughout the day? Like today, I, um, I had a really good day. And so I, was, I took some videos of some artwork and took care of a couple of things. So I was, I was happy. I was content. Um, and so I could put, you know, little squares there. Okay, I was happy. What color is happy? Um, and then fill in the square, you know, going through your colored pencils. Um, what color is content? Going through your skin. So happy, happy for me right now, it would be like mm -hmm. a sky blue. Mm -hmm. And it changes for me every day. It, sometimes hour to hour it changes because it, it's just... So, the, so just, to, just to be clear for the listener, the little squares yep. are like map coding. They're just little squares and next to each little square of each color, and we'll post pictures yeah. of this on, on our blog post, next to each little square, it might be like the color red and then whatever the feeling is associated on that day. So yep. it's like the map code. So then when you go to actually do the gratitude color wheel, you know which color. Right. And then you can go for that day because you can for go that back day. if you do it. Like for me, I like to do at least an art practice, some type of therapeutic art practice every day and so I, I don't go over 20 minutes and so um, which is beautiful for the you know 2020 um, but it, this this will I did it the other day two days ago and 
literally took me five minutes. I was like, so I kind of went through and I was like, all right, what am I feeling? Uh, what for this particular thing? I was, um, let me go back to the gratitude part. I was grateful for my son. I was grateful for being a curator, um, grateful for my life's work, mm-hmm. for my breath, for, mm-hmm. for you, Debbie and joy based living. I, I am, mm-hmm. I know I, I don't think I express it enough, but there <laughs> I go getting emotional. I'm, internally grateful for you and that is an understatement so and I am grateful for my art so um so uh, the color for my son I chose orange for a curator I chose like a light green for my life's work a contribution to humanity and how I reach out to people I did like a, a fuchsia color for my breath I did blue for Debbie your favorite color is purple so I put that in there enjoy based living color and then art, um, my favorite color is like a teal, any range of like teal to turquoise, that holds. So I put that in there. So, and we'll post this on the, um, the blog post, but just to kind of get that going so you can start to think about gratitude, because that's really a key practice, especially now. I mean, any time in your life, gratitude is always a fantastic practice because, it, again, like what Debbie said earlier, what you focus on grows stronger. And so right now, if you can focus on gratitude, that would be amazing because it will help you ride this wave and it'll help you keep going forward. And so this little practice of doing the color wheel and just thinking about, you can think about four things that you're grateful for. If you only think of one, start off there and do a bunch of different circles. Maybe I'm grateful for um, my breath to blue and then do another circle when you think about what else you could be grateful for. So it's totally your practice. <laughs> right. Michelle, what question would you like to ask the audience to answer at this blog post? What question would I like to ask? What are you grateful for? I was going to say the same Give thing. Give us what one thing that you're for? grateful Absolutely. for. Yeah. So if it, Yep. 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 It's okay with you. I'm going to wrap up to close. Okay. Um, If you visit joybaseliving.com and just click lioness, you'll see all of our posts. And um, this is a post about gratitude and grief. So if you're listening to this on another station, we want you to be able to find this post. Uh, This is episode number 18. Um, And We'll try to make that as easy for you as possible. We're still figuring that all out, but we hope that you'll answer the question about what you're most grateful for. And we thank you so much for listening and for being with us on this journey and for all of your feedback and likes and shares and all of it. Um, You're making us feel like our contribution matters and that, um, that we're making a difference in, in your life and in your community. So anything. Mm-hmm. We can Absolutely. Just posted at the bottom know. of the blog. So we appreciate you and we look forward to, yep. uh, to hearing from you again. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Very-